Hey Google, hey Google, who is Iron Maiden? According to Wikipedia, Iron Maiden are an English heavy metal band formed in Leighton, East London, in 1975 by bassist and primary songwriter Steve Harris. Hello, my name's Mike. I'm a Maiden fan. Welcome to my show. This is the Maiden Fan Podcast. Up the irons, everyone. Are you ready for some fun? Cause I'm gonna talk about some maiden songs. Alright, can you believe that took me like 10 minutes to write those lyrics? I'll come up with something to open the show. Um, hi everybody, remember me? That's right. I'm back. I said I'd be back before the uh, big live show, and uh, here I am. As of this recording, it is Saturday, July something or other, July 20th. It's officially 12 days until August 1st. I checked with Google, and as you can see, they're never wrong. Um, 12 days. 12 days until I am seeing Iron Maiden for the 10th time in my life. And um, it got me thinking, I want to do some kind of show, an episode related to seeing them live, related to all the times I've seen them live, and related to all the songs that I've heard them play live, or actually the songs I've never heard them play live. I've seen them uh, in 91, 99, 2000, 2003, 2005, 2006, 2008, 2012, and 2017. For a while there, it seemed like it was every two years. Then from 2012, well, 2008 to 2012 was uh, four years, and then 12 to 17 was five years. So I was very excited to see that it was only two years later that they were bringing the Legacy of the Beast tour to my area. Um, Usually what I like to do is kind of go through the set list of what um, Maiden's playing so that I can just listen to those songs over and over and over again, kind of get uh, in tune with them and just become as you know comfortable or as, as I don't want to say like reintroduce myself to them, but at least last time it was the Book of Souls, so there were songs that you know were still fairly new that I hadn't listened to for decades. Um, so I listened to those a lot, a lot, a lot. But this time I thought 10th show, Legacy of the Beast, they're going to be doing career-spanning songs, songs maybe I've never heard before, songs I think I know they're going to play, um, but what I'm doing this time is not looking at the set list. Didn't read the set list, didn't, don't want to know the set list. I'm sure I know, I think I've heard some songs that might be on um, this episode today that they're playing, I, uh, I hope so, but I did not want to spoil myself at all. I don't know how this, the show opens, I don't know what the closer is. I don't know what the encore is. I want everything to be fresh for me. Um, but for today's episode, what I thought um, of doing is there are so many great songs that I've heard live over the years. What about those songs I've never heard live? And I, I 
I have to be honest, I didn't go through each album. What I did was I went to Wikipedia and found the list of Iron Maiden songs. That also included B-sides, recordings, some covers. Uh, and, you know, so I kind of, I went through there. I, I think it was a list of 157, 177, something like that. I don't know. Filtered out a bunch, was left with a little over 100 songs that I'd never heard live, took out the covers and the B-sides, took out um, the songs that I just didn't care to hear live, and was left with about 57 songs, which I whittled down to 47, which I whittled down to 23, which I whittled down to 22, because at one point I had 22 Acacia Avenue on that list. Then I looked back and I said, wait, I, I saw them play that in 91, uh, which I had no memory of. And so I, I double-checked these. Some of these songs, I'm like, I swear I've heard them do this live, but if setlist.fm is to be believed, I'm thinking maybe I didn't. Maybe it's, uh, you know, like I'm getting deja vu. That's not on this list. But I'm just getting... Uh, I'm misremembering, I guess could be the term. Uh, so I, I took those songs. I took these songs that, according to the set list, I've never heard, and I whittled them down to a 15-song set list. Then it was all about putting them in order. I've always been, um, you know, nowadays you hit, you hit shuffle on your playlist and you just go through this. But when I was a kid, you made tapes, or later on you made CDs, and I was always... I always made a point to put songs in specific order. Like you can't, you want a song that opens the, your tape, you know, if you just made a mixture of songs. And that was what my brother used to call the mixture of songs three, mixture of songs four. And you used to, I used to find song placement very important. And I think of Iron Maiden albums and I think of song placement as being important. When I hear a song end in a shuffle, my brain automatically goes to what the next song is. In, in, it just reminds me of just listening to it over and over all these years that that's, um, you know, it's important. Now songs, you know, bands shuffle, bands put out singles, you know, but us old people, we know that album placement and, and album order uh, for songs is, uh, is kind of a big deal for us, for us big music nerds. So I took a, the time to take the 15 songs that I decided on and come up with uh, the proper playlist, what I want the show to open with, what I want the show to close with, quote-unquote, what I want the encore to open with and the encore to close with. So it's, it's, uh, it's a 12-song set with a three-song encore for a total of 15 songs, and I call this My Maiden Unheard Playlist. Fifteen songs. Twelve in the original set, three in the encore. When I think of an opening song for Iron Maiden, I think of something that will punch you right in the face right away, that will have Bruce jumping, will have Steve and Dave and Yannick and Adrian running out, and will include Nico right away, I want explosions. I want, I want speed. I want the crowd into it. So for my opening track, for my unheard set list, I choose this.
from 1983's Peace of Mind, I choose the opening track of the album, Where Eagles Dare. It's a six-minute galloping epic that never slows down, written by Steve Harris. It I've never heard it before, and I think it's one of the songs that is going to be played on this tour. I don't know that for a fact, but I thought I saw that someplace. Please don't spoil me. I feel like the song has been kind of reintroduced to me recently. Um, not that I, I never I never disliked it, but I, I almost would skip through the song to get to other songs sometimes, and I don't know why. I, I don't I don't even sure if that's true. I just kind of feel like the last couple of years when it comes on um, my my phone, I, I have to stop and listen to it and be like, this is amazing. It just the drumming, the starts it, the guitar that I can kind of play, uh, and Bruce's vocals are just insane. Um, I can't believe that I've never heard it before. I can't believe that it's, I don't know how frequent it's been played. I feel like I've been to most of the tours, at least all the tours that have been into the Boston area I've been to since 91. And the fact that I've never heard this song is crazy. And I hope I hear it in 12 days, but don't spoil me if you know this. Um, but this is what I would open the album with. I think it would be uh, just an amazing, not open the album, this is what I would open my set list with. Just the whole crowd would go nuts. All the, the Maiden fans that have been there for years would be so into this. It gets just, it's such a perfect, it's a perfect album opener. You know, this is Bruce's second album with them, Peace of Mind. It's a perfect album opener, and it's a perfect, perfect concert opener. And this is my set list song number one. So right after Where Eagles Dare, the punches you right in the face, the crowd is simmering, and I want to go back even further and just kind of give you this slow build, and everyone knows what's coming. I've never heard this song before live um, from the 1981 album Killers. It's the third track on the album, but it is the second track on my unheard playlist. This is Murders in the Rue Morgue.
This one was always on the list. I mean, when I first had the list of unheard songs, this was definitely going to be uh, on there, no matter what. And um, it was just all about placement. And I thought that the the quiet, soft opening was a good kind of counterpunch to the galloping drum opening of Where Eagles Dare that uh, Nico does. Uh, and... I, I had to include it. This song is also written by uh, Mr. Steve Harris. You're going to hear that name a lot, I think. Um, and I just think it 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 has that old punk kind of sound to it, but still has some progression in it. Um, and it's not a very long song. It's only four minutes. I think the, uh, it'll just kind of get the crowd. You know, you don't want, like, a ton of nine-minute songs. Not that those aren't great, but... After a while, the band, you know, sometimes when I'm live, I'm like, okay, this is great. I love it, but I want to know what's next. What's next? What's next? And this is a perfect second song to get you right into uh, the groove. The crowd is going to be going nuts now. Uh, And that is why, for song number two, I had to choose Murders in the Room. A few years ago, where I work, we brought in um, this consultant team to help us with a project. And I got to talking to one of the guys, and turns out he loves Iron Maiden too. Uh, afterwards, you know, we all went out for lunch one day, and he said, You know, I, I like Iron Maiden, but I really kind of stopped around uh, somewhere in time. And I was like, That is 30 years ago, buddy. Okay, this was in in 2016. Um, When I think of somewhere in time, still I think of oh, this is more this is more modern Iron Maiden, more modern modern as um, uh, Boston. This this album's 33 years old. It, but it still feels like a modern. It it was almost like the introduction to the more modern Maiden sound. At least the sound that we kind of had for Summer in Time and Seventh Sun. They're very similar in sound with the synthesizers. We lose a lot of that in No Prayer for the Dying. Um, I think we lose a lot of that for, for a while, if not, you know, yeah, well, at least this specific 80s synth metal sound um, started with this album and uh, very different because this is right after Power Slave. Power Slave is still very heavy. Um, and this is not that this album isn't heavy, but it has a lighter feel, I think, because of the synth. Um, but, but I love it. And I've never heard this song live. Um, it seems like I, when I went through the list, there were a lot of songs that were on, that were number one in the album, as far as the first song on the track. Like, I never heard that live. I never heard that live. I never heard that live. Um, but I think this would be a great kind of third song. Again, I love the songs that just, will just hit you where you're like, whoa, oh my God, they're playing this. And that's the introduction. Gives you enough time to be like, oh my God, they're doing Somewhere in Time, Caught Somewhere in Time. Um, again, 33 years ago. And it's 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 got a nice tr- punch. 
and it's got a chorus that everyone can sing along to. I'm going to tell you right now, this album does not get enough respect as far as Iron Maiden fans are concerned. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I don't, geez, I'm not sure. And I don't want to say they don't, it doesn't get respect, but when I think about even Iron Maiden, they don't play a lot of songs from this album. You hear Wasted Years a lot now. And I've I heard Heaven Can Wait a couple times, and I feel like that is it. I mean, I went back and listened to the whole thing uh, last week, and you know, there's going to be another song from this album that I play later. But um, the one song I wanted to make note of, it didn't make the list. But Alexander the Great, I, you know, Iron Maiden's known for having these long epic songs, and I feel like this one needs to be elevated on that list. Alexander the Great. Uh, it's very progressive. There's a lot of like time signature changes. I think that's the right term. I don't know. I'm not the music teacher here, um, but it's very, it's it's even better than I thought it was. Like, and it's been a while since I heard it. And there are a lot of great songs on this album, but um, I just wanted to make note, even though it's not on the list. Listen, go back and listen to Alexander the Great. It's a great song. Uh, it says so right in the title. But today, this this um, for this set list i want to focus more on caught somewhere in time it's the third song it's got a it's got some fun solos that um we uh you know that the the guys can trade off on and it's i like i i dare say it's not from the more modern term i like to say there's there's kind of three iron maidens there's the well i guess there's four there's the there's the the uh paul at the beginning then there's bruce um and it's kind of like there's three Bruce albums. Uh, then there's the two these two Bruce albums that are a little more with synth. Then there's two more Bruce albums. Uh, yeah, two more Bruce albums afterwards, which are like those are the albums when I was finally a fan. Uh, you had um, No Prayer and Fear of the Dark. Bruce leaves. Then you bring in Blaze for a couple. Then you have boom this next like long realm of Bruce. You think of Bruce being there all those years beforehand, but that was only like 81 to 93 or something, like 12 years. He's been in this incarnation of the band for 20 years now. So it's crazy to think he's been back in the band for 20 years. Um, but what's crazier is that I've never heard uh, Caught Somewhere in Time uh, live. So that is why it is the third song on my unheard set list.
for the fourth spot on my unheard set list, I choose um, a song that has really become really one of my favorites, if not my favorite, on the Brave New World album. This is Out of the Silent Planet. True story. Um, you know, everybody, every Iron Maiden fan went out and bought this album the moment, the day it came out, uh, and went home and devoured it. I actually put it in my DVD player. I don't even know if I had a regular CD player at the time. Put it in my DVD player and put it on my TV and just sat there with the liner notes like I was 13. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years later where I was cutting the lawn and this song came on, and, and I'm like, my God, I can't believe how much... Like, I didn't realize how amazing the song is and how much I love the friggin' chorus. You don't realize how much time it takes to cut a lawn. This was before smartphones, before podcasts, before streaming. So I just had a CD of tons of MP3s on it. And this one just became heavy in the rotation. It's also around the time where I was listening to a lot of typo negative. I discovered them a lot then. Um, but Always Maiden was there. And um, I don't know why typo negative comes up, but it, it always makes me think of cutting the grass. And so does this song. Uh, and I also love that the first chorus is sweeping, while the second chorus, same exact thing, really. Same notes, same singing, but it's just the way Nico's drums come in and turns this into a galloping gallop. Easily one of my favorite songs I said on Brave New World, but it, it it might be like up there is one of my favorite songs of the the second era of Bruce. You know, the the return, I say, even though that's been twenty years now. And uh, this album, this song is twenty years old, is 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 crazy. But there was absolutely no way I could not have it on the set list. I would love to hear this song live. And uh, in my little fantasy world, I just did. It was the fourth song on my unheard set.
for my fifth song on the unheard set list. I choose from 1984. Might be, might just be my favorite song on the Power Slave album. This is Flash of the Blade. So I play guitar. Not very good, but I can I can fake my way through some songs. And this was one of the the early maiden songs that I like that opening riff, I could figure it out right away. Um I wasn't really in bands in high school, but we used to go to guys' houses and jam. Usually it's the house that has the drums, and I have a memory of playing that opening track with a bunch of guys. Um just because I, I was like, let's do this. We can do this. We can do this at the beginning. We couldn't do anything else, but we could do the beginning pretty good. Um, and also, this is a little known fact. Well, I don't know if it's a little known fact, but this was actually featured uh, in a soundtrack to two movies. The first was an actual real movie called Phenomena, uh, which is d- written and directed by Dario Argento, a very famous Italian um, horror director. The movie stars like Donald Pleasance from Halloween and Jennifer Connelly from a ton of different things. Uh, most recently, she's going to be in uh, Top Gun 2. Uh, but I remember seeing Iron Maidens in a movie soundtrack. It's amazing. Uh, and they were also in a very small uh, independent um, film called... Um, it was either called Never Judge a Book by Its Cover or The Paper Bag Killer. We never decided on the title, but um, I was the cameraman and the sole um, music provider, so I would take um we'd shot this movie with his, my friend uh who i just saw yesterday would chase another friend of ours through the woods with a paper bag over his head and kill him in the woods and it was like this guy was walking in the woods and it was very scary and this was the the only thing i could think of was to play this song so i would take two two vcrs and a boom box and wire them all together record and play the music over it and kind of sync with and it was always this song um so it's in two movies one movie for real and one movie uh that you know is my baby, and um, that's why this song has always held a, uh, a a great place in my heart. Plus, it just kicks ass, and the chorus kicks ass. And I've never heard them play it live. I don't even know if I don't even know if there is like a live recording of this. I would love to find one. I don't know if there is, but that's why this is on my set list for number five. It's a great song. It's a quick song, uh, and it's fast. It's fun, and I mean the whole place would be going nuts for it. So that's why. It's on my unheard set list. Surprise! For number six on my unheard set list, I chose 
the next song on Power Slave, the song that comes right after Flash of the Blade, this is The Duelists. Now, when I've seen Iron Maiden live, I've seen them do Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight. I've seen them do Power Slave. I've seen them do Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. They've done half of this album. The other half, I don't know if they've ever done it. But this song, again, what does Iron Maiden do for me? Number one, the main thing they do for me is the chorus. Maybe what they do for me is a weird, but but like the thing that really drew me into Iron Maiden early on were these catchy as hell choruses. And this one is no exception. I um I don't even know how much I can even talk about these things. It's like I just want to say that this song, I don't know if they've ever played it live. I don't know, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. It to me is amazing. And I thought, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I need to include this. I can't cut this from my list. Uh, it is, and you know what? I'm having two songs from the same album. Why don't I put them right next to each other? I thought this was, this was strategic. This was like, okay, here's a couple of songs from Power Slave. Bam. This is the Power Slave moment of the, of the whole set list. I mean, there are other songs, there are albums um, that have multiple songs on this but this was the um this was the only time that i had that i wanted to put the songs next to each other and it also has something to do with the sound something to do with how these songs kind of blend into each other i just i've always loved it um and i thought the crowd would go nuts to be like whoa two songs from power slave that we never hear uh right am i right i have to be right i'm right for me that's why i chose it as number six on my unheard set list I'm not going to do a, a Bruce impression. I just figure maybe around this time he introduces everybody to the band. He'd probably already done some banter, you know, talked about, um, I don't know, the city, talked about the tour, talked about all the stuff on stage. Um, but, you know, then he, he'll talk about Yannick and Nico, Adrian, Mr. Adrian Smith and Mr. Steve Harris, Mr. Dave Murray. And uh, then they jump right into this one. All right, I have to be honest. Um, I'm a kid from the cassette era. And uh, what that means is that, you know, if you buy uh, the CD of Iron Maiden or you buy the streaming album, whatever the hell, uh, this is the song that kicks off the album. 
This is the song that kicks off Number of the Beast. But if you have the tape, side two starts with Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, uh, I believe then it's Gangland, and Hallowed Be Thy Name. And I have to be honest, I listen to that side a lot more than I listen to the Invaders. Um, okay, I'm going to do this. Invaders. I'm not even looking. All right, side one is Invaders, Prisoner, Children of the Damned, 22 Acacia Avenue. I can't believe I had to even think about it. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I listen to that. I I always think of uh, Number of the Beasts is like, that kicks off the album. Wait, no, it doesn't. That's the fifth song on the album. Um, And I'm going to be honest again. I was a kid, okay? I was a stupid kid. I just assumed this was Space Invaders. Like, these were aliens. I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics, um, so whenever I thought of the song, I thought of space creatures invading the earth. They were invading. I was dumb. Um, but, you know, Number of the Beast, again, is one of those eight-track albums. Let's let's look at the songs I said again. Um, boom, 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 boom. What, what the hell? Did I hit track listing? Okay, track listing. Uh, Invaders, never heard it, as you know. Children of the Dam, heard that before. Prisoner, heard that before. 22 Acacia Avenue, heard that before. Number of the Bees, Run of the Hills, Hallowed Be Thy Name. So the only two um, songs I haven't heard live are Gangland and this. Um, And Gangland didn't make the cut. Love that song, great song. Um, But if I had to choose one from this album, it's got to be Invaders. Written by Mr. Steve Harris. What else is new? It's only three minutes and 20 seconds long. It's a short album, short song. But actually, you know, there's one long song on this whole album, a seven-minute song. Everything else, well, no, 22 occasion, I have to do six and a half minutes. Prisoner's five and a half minutes. But those aren't, that's like normal Iron Maiden. Uh, anyway, I've almost talked through the entire song. But uh, definitely had to add it to the list. That is why it is song number seven on my unheard set list. I was convinced, convinced that I've seen this song live and I can find no record of it. So I'm going with the fact that um, I'd never heard it and um, it had to be on the list. This is like up there as one of my favorite Iron Maiden songs. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but um, my God, you know a song is great when you can hear it for a hundred times and that hundredth time, um, it still gives you chills at a certain point. And that happened to me like last year. I, I was walking from work to the train station. And uh, 
certain part of the song came on and just chills. It's uh it's such a great song that they should be playing it live in every every show. It should be it should be like that big of a um of an Iron Maiden song that it's like a regular on the regular set, regular cycle, regular rotation, but it's not. And um just upsets me. And that's why I had to make it. Number eight on my unheard set list. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son holds a special place in my heart. Uh, Forgive me if you've heard this before, but this is the first Iron Maiden tape that I owned. Can I Play With Madness was the first Iron Maiden song that I remember ever hearing. I remember going to Strawberries one Saturday night with my family and being like, wait, I want to find this tape for this this, uh, band. And uh, found it, brought it home. And just fell in love with it. It was something very different about it. I was into a lot of hair bands. And this was very different. First of all, the music was heavier. The singing was better. The music was more intricate. The um, the album art was amazing. Uh, they weren't singing about, you know, talking dirty to me or um, my love will find a way, just give it time. And believe me, I love that music too. But this just felt like I was. it was something deeper. And I thought it was crazy, crazy metal. And I didn't understand that it was just good, strong, hard music with amazing vocals and amazing choruses. Um, and then I open up the album and then I see these these five dudes there and one of them is wearing a sweater. Uh, and I'm like, or maybe two of them were. And I was like, this is so different from all these other bands that I see with tights and hair, you know, teased up to the nines. There's something about this band that just spoke to me at that moment. And, um, oh, I was telling you about the, the, the part of the song that gives me chills every time I hear it. I'm going to stop now and let you listen to that moment. Oh, wait, it's coming up. Here we go. That was it right there. And I, and I just realized, you know, I did a whole episode on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And I probably talked about this exact thing with this exact song and played that exact moment. But guess what? I don't care. This is my podcast. And uh, I want to talk about these songs. And the reason I'm choosing them 
for my unheard set list. I love the song. I will always love the song. And that is why Infinite Dreams, again, written by Mr. Steve Harris, is number eight on my unheard set list. That crowd is hopping. You know, I forgot to mention that, um, you know, again, this album, Seven Son of a Seven Son, I've heard so many, um, so many songs on it live. Moonchild, Not Infinite Dreams, Can I Play With Madness, Evil That Man Do, Seven Son, Clairvoyant. I've heard six of the eight songs on this album. Only The Good Die Young, never heard it live. Um, that'd be great to hear, too. I love that song, too. But... Nothing comes close to Infinite Dreams. Such a great, and in fact, I said this before. I don't. I don't even say Infinite Dreams. I say Infinite Dreams because that's the way Bruce uh, says it in the song. Anyway, that's number eight. For number nine, we have to go back one album. Before I already talked about earlier my appreciation of just the Summer in Time album as a whole. But um, again, being, being a, a, a tape kid, having so many Iron Maiden albums, I, I listened to the first uh, side of this tape way more than I listened to the second side of this tape. And, um, you know, that's, that's my fault. I mean, caught somewhere in time. Fantastic. I already played it earlier today. Wasted Years. That was on my list for years. Finally got to see it. Um, sea of Madness, great song. Heaven Can Wait, I've heard that plenty of times live. Fantastic. Uh, nothing from the second side of this album I've heard live. I already talked about my appreciation for Alexander the Great. But this, is again, is one of those songs where I, I always kind of heard it. I've always enjoyed it. But I never sat there and just really, really listened to it. And that, and that was more like within the last 10 years. I'm talking about that I was listening to this more going, wow, I, I like the music. And th although I wouldn't consider myself a long distance runner, I'm running 5Ks now. And this album, this chorus... Chorus just gets me every time. So I have it on, on a run playlist that I do my 5Ks with. And when it comes on, and that doom, doom, run, do, 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 like it literally makes me feel like 
I have to run this, this, this is Iron Maiden. It's making me go faster. And, um, you know, I'm not a slight man. I'm not a small skinny man. So, uh, anything to make me go faster is, is great, but it's also could be life threatening. You never know. Um, this song also has one of those kind of moments that are almost gives me the chills. I don't know. There's, it just has this one special moment, uh, that's coming up really, really soon. And you're going to hear it right now that just, it just made the song go to another level for me. Um, and then you hear this guitar solo that to me is like un, unlike anything Iron Maiden has ever done for a guitar solo. It almost has that like a real 80s pop metal, glam metal kind of feel to it that just seems, at least the first part. That part right there, that like 35 seconds worth of music, to me, just sells the whole song. I love the whole song, but that 35 seconds, that moment, that chunk, that, you know, that, I've got to keep running. And then the solo is like, just unlike anything I've heard from Iron Maiden before or since, condensed into that one chunk of that one solo um, is why I love the song so much, and why I had, have, had to hear it live, uh, even if it is in my fantasy world of uh, the unheard set list. And that is why on this set list it is sung a number nine. Song number 10 on the Unheard set list goes back, back, back to peace of mind to a song that to me has a chorus that could be one of the catchiest things that Iron Maiden has ever done. Sunlight falling on your skin, gently light. 
This isn't one of those songs that I learned to appreciate later in life. This one hit me in the face right away, and I fell in love with it instantaneously. I used to assume this was like one of the most, the biggest Iron Maiden songs, and they must play it all the time. I have no idea. I, I didn't want to look um, because I don't want to see if any of these songs get played this year. Um, I doubt this song's on that list. I would, if this song made this Legacy of the Beast, I would lose my mind. Um, the chorus is amazing. The the song is it's only three and a half minutes long. This one is not written by Mr. Steve Harris. This is uh, Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith. Oh, what a team! What a team they are. They they actually did um, quite a few uh, songwriting credit words. Me speak words good. They wrote a couple songs on this album. A uh, couple songs on my set list actually. Um, but I'm not there right now. What I want to tell you is that um, another thing that this song reminds me of is. The only place in pop culture I ever heard it was on an episode of Jackass um, where one of the guys was getting dragged around by a horse. I think I think it was um, Johnny Knoxville was in a um, knight's armor and he was getting dragged around by a by a by a horse. And uh, this song was playing and I was like, I, I was like, I can't believe it. Someone else knows the song. This is amazing. I've always loved it. That is why. I could not leave that off this list. That is why it's number 10 on my unheard set list. I feel like now Bruce would go into some banter about how the tour is going, how they've um, been stopped, you know, all the stops all over the world, uh, but how this crowd tonight uh, is as good as any crowd we've heard. And then the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> then Bruce looks out, points at me, and says, the reason we're playing these songs here tonight, and my British accent's awful, we're playing it here because of Mike. He's the host of the Maiden Fan Podcast. And he wanted to hear songs he's never heard live before. We've played songs from all over our catalogue. But let's go back to the first album for number 11 on his, that handsome guy in the stands, his unheard set list. I have to be honest. I thought I heard this song. It's another one of those things where I'm just old and my memory's gone. 
But um, apparently I've never heard the song before. From the first Iron Maiden album, this is Charlotte the Harlot. To me, I had to choose this song. Like, historically speaking, this is a classic Iron Maiden song. The fact that I've never heard it live before is a travesty. Uh, and I'm still not convinced I've never heard it before. I have to be honest with you. I'm like, I, I remember this. But then I think I got it mixed up with Phantom of the Opera, which they played at OzFest. Um... Oh, that Ozfest. There was one great band, and you're listening to it right now. The thing that I love about this song, uh, and this is a uh, this is a Dave Murray written song. It's actually the first of many songs that feature Charlotte. Uh, but what I love about it is it has that fast punk start, and then you get something like this. If there's any doubt that Paul Diano can sing his ass off, it's this song right here that should squash that doubt. Um, such a classic. Just Steve's bass coming through, the different sound. It was it was just a raw. It was the first album. This is their first album, and they're putting stuff out like this, with this you know punk beginning, then this slow kind of not not progressive, but just different, like a different just. Times changing, you know, that Iron Maiden to me also represented this weird thing where a song can shift from some from one thing to another thing. It fits together perfectly, and yet the two or three different sections are different speeds, different sounds. It's just very different. I mean, listen to this now. We're back to that like kind of punk feel to it. Um, this is a classic. Uh, the Charlotte the Hollett songs are Charlotte the Hollett, 22 Acacia Avenue. Hooks in You and From Here to Eternity. And I don't know if I have From Here to Eternity, Hooks in You. Uh, yeah, I think those are the four. That's in the order. Um, I don't know if we have any other Charlotte. I don't think so. But um, the fact that this song, um, first of all, I didn't realize it was just written by Dave Murray. But the fact that I never heard it, as I said, is a crime. And um, I hope that gets um, hope that gets fixed someday. I would love it. But anyway, great song, classic song, and that is why it is my number 11 on the Iron Maiden Unheard set list. This is usually uh, the time where Bruce will lie to you and tell you we got one more for you, or um, maybe they won't even tell you. But um, the way I put the set list together, it's 12 songs on the main set list. 
and three on the encore. So this essentially is the last song on the set list, and I picked it, well, because it is... I mean, I keep saying this. It's one of my favorite songs on one of my favorite records. It is unappreciated, underappreciated. I've never heard it live, obviously. I don't even know if they've done it live that much. Um, and the way it ends, I feel like it would be a cool ending to the um, set list because the song kind of ends softly in a way that it's like, ah, that's the end. We just rocked your ass. That sounded very, very dirty. But let me just tell you, song number 12 on my Iron Maiden unheard set list is... From 1988's Seven Son of a Seven Son, I'm back with one more song from this album, The Prophecy. Mr. Dave Murray again with Steve Harris. This, um, it's hard to say. I just, it's another one of those songs where the chorus spoke to me the first time I ever heard it, and I thought, why don't we hear this song all the time? I mean, listen to this. It's not even the chorus. Like, even the verse is is pulling me in, grabbing me. You know, the singer is like, why aren't you listening to me? I'm trying to tell you something awful is going to happen and nobody's listening to me. Why isn't anyone listening to me? Iron Maiden, play this live. Now, this year. I think I've always just loved the story of the song too, where the like the be- the first part, the guy's like, you know, something bad's gonna happen. Why aren't you listening to me? Um, and then at the end, it shifts, and he's like, it happened. Why didn't you guys listen to me? Now it's too late. The uh, the music, I just love the sweeping. <laughs> Let's listen for a second. Oh, isn't that great? Um, the music, Bruce is singing, the chorus, and the theme, and, well, this solo is pretty great, too. I just think the whole thing needs to be um, highlighted more. I remember, was it the 03 tour with Motorhead and uh, Dio? God God rest both their souls, Lemmy and Dio. Um that they played Clairvoyant. And I was like, Whoop, for a second, I got confused and I thought they were playing the Prophecy. It was still great to hear Clairvoyant for the first time. But um, the thing I picked, the reason I picked this song also to close out the show is, I said already, the, the ending. The ending has this nice acoustic kind of um, outro 
that would just be a nice way for, even if that's pre-recorded and the band comes up while that is playing, and they do a little uh, a little bow, and then they go off into the dark, uh, and then the crowd chants for them to return. Um, I just thought that would be a great way for the main set list to end. So I'm picturing like that, that like bum bum. That's when it ends, and um, you know now they're like waving to the crowd. Thank you, Steve's. Thank you. Nickel comes down, throws some drumsticks out, and um, they wave goodbye. They're like, see you until next time. And this plays like a recorded in the background. But you know, the crowd ain't going anywhere. So it's dark, the lights have gone down, but you, you know, you don't leave a concert until the lights come up. If you're still sitting there in the dark, the concert is not over. Just don't move, keep cheering, keep waiting. Eventually, you'll start seeing movement on the stage. You realize, oh, they're coming out, it's still dark. And then all of a sudden, the encore kicks off. And for my unheard Iron Maiden set list. I couldn't think of a better song to kick off the encore. For some reason, I feel like the first time I really sat there and listened to the Peace of Mind album, I literally think I was on a toilet reading all the liner notes, listening to these songs, listening to these choruses blow my friggin' mind. And no song did that more than Flight of Icarus. Trying to uh, trying to figure out why I told the story of me being on a toilet. I don't know. It's not relevant. Um, it's not pretty. Uh, it's pretty gross when you think about it. But I remember listening to a lot of music on the toilet. There, you know, 
I was a kid. There's only so many places I could go. Um, I remember the first time I heard this song, honestly, it wasn't on Peace of Mind. I think it was Live After Death. I think. Yes, because uh, I remember Bruce said, Flight of Icarus. And for years, I th- I called it Flight of Icarus. I didn't know it was Flight of Icarus. I didn't know. Like, I knew there was a, a video game called Kid Icarus. But this song was called Flight of Icarus. So for a million years, I always called it Flight of Icarus. In fact, even me saying now Flight of Icarus, I have to think about it. Because Flight of Icarus sounds so um, natural. Uh, this is one of Iron Maiden's best songs of all time. I'm not sure if it's going to be on Legacy of the Beast. I feel like I heard it might be, but I'm not looking. And I don't want to hear anything. Don't tell me. I don't want any spoilers. Uh, this is one of their greatest songs of all time. And the fact that I never heard it live is insane. So I hope I hear it live. But if I don't, at least it made my unheard set list as the kickoff to my encore. My three-song encore. I didn't even want to wait. No explanation. No, just no talking. It goes right from Flight of Icarus right into 2003 from Dance of Death. This is Montségur. I have a distinct memory of going out to buy the CD, listening to it on the ride home. And when I got to this song, I remember raising my arms up in the car and saying, oh my God, they've done it again. This is on that running playlist, too, on my phone. Um, Every time I hear the song, I just, I can't not listen to the whole thing. Um, 
I, I literally rose my arms in the sky and in the car and was like, they did it. They did it. They still got it. They did it. This is amazing. And I knew, I first of all, I love Dance of Death. That is like, I love that album. I never saw the Dance of Death tour, though, because um, the, we saw the, the, I was talking about the Dio Motorhead uh, tour. They did play Wildest Dreams on that. But then well, nobody knew that song. And then the next time we saw them was, uh, was for uh, Ozfest, and that was like a best of. And then it was the um, Matter of Life and Death where they played that whole thing. So I never got to hear. I don't think I've ever heard any songs from Dance of Death at all, which sucks because there are so many great songs on that album. But if I had to choose one. It's this one, and I probably have said that before because there was another album, another episode where I talked about just doing, you know, picking one song from each album. This is that song. Um, I feel like I've probably told these stories before, but who cares? Uh, I had to hear. I have to hear it live. Um, I've never heard it live. I've never heard any of these songs live, and it would be unless maybe they did Dance of Death once, but I don't know. I don't think so. This was actually written by Yannick Gers, uh, Steve Harris, and Bruce Dickinson. It's almost six minutes long, so it's a, it's a good size song. Um, it just beats you over the head with a thumping gallop that never slows down. Uh, and I would love to hear it live. And I thought it would be a great surprise during the encore. Um, there's only three songs in this encore, which means this is song number 14, number two in the encore. Which means after this, there's only one song left. This is where um, Bruce would stand there with his hands on his hips and the crowd would just soak him in for a while and uh, do, you have a, do you have a good time, he'd probably say. And, uh, you know, we'd, uh, we can't wait to come back again and do this uh, one more time. Uh, but um, do you have room, do you have time for one more or something like that? And then um, if my unheard set list was uh, a real thing, they would close out the entire show with a song I've never heard live before. And you have to go all the way back, all the way back, all the way back to the first album, all the way back to the first track. You know, as excited as I'd be to hear this song live, I think my brother would be even more excited to finally hear Prowler live. Oh, 
it is the first song off the first album. So this is really their first mass-produced recorded track that many people heard. This was the song that kicked off people hearing Iron Maiden if they started with the first album. I didn't. I came in late. Um, but this was the song. This is like the song that my brother knew before I knew Iron Maiden. This was one of those songs that he always knew of. Um, I went back and, of course, bought this album. This was before I even knew that there was a Paul Diano. I just thought Bruce sounded different. Um, but I've never heard this song live, which is insanity. This is like... I feel it's another underappreciated one, right? Because you don't think of it like off the first Iron Maiden album, you think of Fan of the Opera, you think of Iron Maiden, you think of Charlotte the Harlot, though I've never heard that, we know that. Uh, but this one should be right up there with it. I mean, it is so, it is, again, you got this little progressiveness going, it's got a punk in it, and it's got a nice rock and roll solo. It is um, a terrific first album song, first song for a first album for a new band. Um, if this doesn't pull you in, then uh, you're a loser and you don't like uh, cool music and you shouldn't be listening to this podcast in the first place. Go away. Get out of my face. This is the song to close out the show. This is it. I mean, it's like old fans would be like, holy shit, they're playing Prowler. New fans will be like, oh, what's this cool song? Um, and everybody will just be running around. Bruce is running all over the place right now, you know, at that part. Um, just a perfect way to close out the show. And uh, that's why it is my closing song, my closing track for my Iron Maiden Unheard set list. The lights are up. I hear Eric Idle's voice. It means the uh, concert's really over. 12 song set list, three song encore. And if you know Iron Maiden, every concert ends like this. Always look on the bright side of life. They end every show with uh, this song from Monty Python and Eric Idle. And usually the crowd will be whistling along as they're making their way back to their cars or their trucks, their SUVs, or however they got to the concert. Just 
guys, I want to uh, I want to say thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this little fun little project. Um, I I was thinking about this for a while. I wanted to do something before the concert, uh, something related to live shows, and I thought this would be a cool way of kind of not just saying, oh, I can't wait to go to the concert, but uh, also just to talk about concerts I've been to and songs I haven't heard and songs I would love to hear. I Again, I'm not looking at any set list or any articles that may mention songs on these set lists. Um, and right now I'm at, what, 11 days, I think? It was 12 when I started recording this. Now it's 11. It's uh, it's Sunday night right now, and a week from Wednesday, I, a week from Thursday, I should say, um, going to be at the show, and I can't wait, cannot wait. Um, it's going to be my 10th show, my brother's ninth again, because he had a wedding to go to. Um, I may have told the story before, but he had a wedding to go to uh, that was uh, far enough away that, you know, staying out really late the night before would have would have been really tough. Uh, so we got to the wedding, and one of the guys at the table was like, oh, man, I'm tired. I went to the Iron Maiden show last night. Yep, he did it. Uh so I will, I will never let my brother, uh, I will never let that, you know, let him hear the end of that. Um, but that's really it. I'm all done here. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Uh, I can't wait for the show. Uh, I have my shirt that I thought might be, my, I posted a picture on Twitter. Of my wife thought the shirt was too bright, and she quoted, quote, unquote, said it might look a little nerdy. Like, you've been a, ba- you've been a fan for 30 years. Um, you know, you don't want to look like you're a newbie. Uh so I thought about it. I looked at other shirts, and then I said, screw it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll wash this shirt and dry it in the sun, try to fade it a little bit. But what, what the hell do I care? When you, when you know every word of every song, you know, that shows you're a fan. Who the hell cares? Um, don't be so self-conscious. I have to remind myself. I'm there for me, and uh, I love my new shirt. So I'll be wearing it. I can't wait. Um, so that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and until... Until probably after the concert, um, you won't be hearing from me before that, that's for sure. But uh, follow me on Twitter, Maiden Podcast, on Twitter, at Maiden Podcast. I got a new phone. I got a new phone specifically so I could take pictures to this concert. Like, I got it early. I was going to get it probably in August. I didn't want to wait. So I got it so I can take, because my other phone sucked. Um, But now I'm ready to take pictures. And post them all over Twitter. Probably annoy people, but I don't care. I do not care. That's what cameras are for, right? If you don't have pictures, then what's the proof that you are actually there? Unless you have a podcast like me, then you can talk about it. Uh, maybe I'll do something at the show. I, I'm going to have my phone with me, so maybe I can record some stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Guys, thank you guys for listening. Um, once again, you can find me on Twitter at Maiden Podcast. The website is fansnotexperts.com slash maiden. And um, yeah, we're on iTunes. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. So thank you for listening. And until next time, up the iron. Fans not experts.